Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. He knows every thought that you have, every intent of your heart. God knows what's going on within your heart. And so you can fool man all day long, but if the intent of the heart is wicked, God knows that. And and just because you do great sacrifices in the eyes of man, it means nothing. It's going to be burned up if it's not for the Lord. And, And so we must remember our hearts need to be pure and open to God and doing things for His name, not for our name's sake. God doesn't want our religious good gestures. He wants our hearts and our obedience. Today, Pastor Eric will teach that Saul's disobedience grieved the Lord. And Saul not only sinned, but he also did not repent. God receives a repentant heart. If you have disobeyed, own up to your sin and receive forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part two of his message entitled, Obedience Required. You know, he told Israel all the way back in Deuteronomy, he said, you know, if you follow my commandments, blessed you will be. If you do not obey them, cursed you will be. God's pretty clear to us, and it doesn't stop with the children of Israel. It applies to those who believe in his name, to all mankind, is that he wants us to obey, but especially to believers who claim themselves to be believers, how much more should we obey God? We should obey God, right? And we are, yes, praise God, but it's a good heart check that we need to continue that heart And this is for me too, you guys, that I need to remember that he is my Lord. And no matter what he calls me to do, if I don't want to do it or not, it doesn't matter. He is my master and I got to submit to him. I got to submit to him. So when Abba calls your name for a job, be willing to do the job to his expectations. Uh, Because it's worth it. He has a plan for it. And God said this through the prophet Isaiah, you guys, about being willing. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Isaiah 1.19. What a great promise from God. If you are willing, obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But then he goes on in verse 20 of chapter 1. He says, but if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. God's heart is, is crying out. He is crying out for his people to be obedient. May that be our heart. May we be a church. May we be individuals that say, I am willing and I am obedient to God. Because if you are willing and you are obedient, then you will be blessed by God. You will be blessed. But if you rebel and you refuse, then you will be devoured. Pretty hardcore, but it's truth. So then we see in verses 10 through 30 that Saul gets devoured. Let's check it out, you guys. In verse 10, now the word of the Lord came up to Samuel saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king, for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And, and it grieved Samuel, and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told to Samuel, saying, Saul went up to Carmel, and indeed he set up a monument for himself. And he has gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, 
What then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites, for the people spared the best of the sheep and oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Verse 16, Then Samuel said to Saul, Be quiet! I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, Speak on. So Samuel said, When you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Verse 18, Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go, utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Verse 20, And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission in which the Lord sent me and brought back Agog, the king of Amalek, and I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. (laughs) An intense conversation going back and forth. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed the fat of the rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is iniquity and idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He also has rejected you from being king." Verse 24, then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you for you have rejected the word of the Lord and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. And Samuel turned around to go away, and Saul seized the edge of his robe and tore it. And so Samuel said to him, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent, for he is not a man that he should relent. In verse 30, Then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, please, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and return with me that I may worship the Lord your God. Oh man, the destruction of Saul. All because of his disobedience. The Lord speaks to Samuel, and he says that he greatly regrets that he set Saul as king. He greatly, God greatly regretted setting Saul as king. Does this mean that God made a mistake? Absolutely not. The Bible tells us that God is perfect, okay? So what does this mean that God was filled with regret that he made Saul king? Well, remember, God said something very similar in Genesis chapter 6 about man, It says this in Genesis 6, 6, And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Because remember, at that time, man's heart was wicked. 
and man's evilness brought pain to God's heart. Man's wickedness, their evil ways, their desires, their disobedience brings pain to God. And that has not changed today. The choices of man affects the heart of the one who created them. The sinful choices, I should say, of man affects the heart uh, of the one who created him. Not always sinful. I would say all choices. Because if you do things in the name of God and you do them, uh, then you can bless the Lord your God, right? But if you choose to sin, that's going to grieve God's heart. So the choices of man affects the heart of the one who created us, which is God. And so we see that his heart was grieved It was hurt because of the choices that Saul made. And so then the Lord speaks to Samuel. And the Lord says that, you know what? Uh, His heart, he's bad. He he needs to be removed. And Samuel, hearing this news of how it grieved God, it broke Samuel's heart. And the word tells us that he was crying out to God all night. He was weeping, crying out to God, seeking for his counsel. What should I do then, O God, to deal with this situation? Well, then then comes morning, right? And more bad news about Saul comes. The news comes to Samuel saying, hey, he set up a monument to himself. Oh, man. Not only did he disobey, but now he has set up a memorial for himself. Why? Why? You know, and, and many times we can see our friends and our family members who are involved in sin and we can cry out and say, why are they choosing this path? Why are they continuing to sin? Why are they going against God, especially if they know Jesus and profess him as Lord and Savior? And they're, they're choosing to do this wickedness. It breaks your heart. You want them to not do that. And so then Samuel confronts Saul, and he says, hey, buddy, you know, or Saul sees Samuel, and he says, hey, buddy, I've done everything that God's asked me to do. And Samuel's no dummy, and he says, why do I hear the sheep? Why do I hear the oxen? What's up with that? And Samuel, you know, he confronts him. But Saul, did you guys get it? What did he do? He pointed the finger at the people. He pointed the finger to them. They're the ones who took it. I took the king. They took the the sheep and the oxen. But they were going to use the sheep and the oxen for sacrifices to God. No, they weren't. They did it for their own glory. They did it for their own status. Because if you had many sheep and oxen, then you were a rich man, right? And so Saul points the finger back to the, the people. And Samuel says, be quiet, you know, and he has this righteous anger going on. And I truly believe, you guys, we need more righteous anger in the church because there is so much that we are just so, okay, whatever. We don't want to offend people, but there needs to be righteous anger. Jesus demonstrated this in the temple. He overturned the tables. He cracked the whip because there was just a lack of holiness going on before the Lord God. And so we must not be afraid of righteous anger. It's okay. And so Samuel is just angry. He is frustrated at Saul. And he's like, what are you doing, man? Why are you doing this? You know, I'm going to tell you what God told me last night. And so Saul's like, yeah, please share. Let me know. And and so Samuel goes, God has anointed you as king. He gave you a mission and you failed to do it. Why do you not obey the voice of God? Why do you take the spoil? Why do you do evil in the sight of the Lord? And again, 
Saul is not owning up to his sin, and he says, I did obey. I did do it. I took their king, and the people took the plunder. He wasn't getting it through his head. And so then, the response of verse 23, which is crazy. He says, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Rebellion, meaning that you are going to rebel against the word of God is like the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have rejected the word of the Lord. <sighs> Hearing these words, Saul then backpedals. He backpedals. And after being confronted on his sin, Saul admits his sin. And he tells Samuel that he feared the people. Now, is that what he should have done, is feared the people? No, he needed to fear the Lord God. That's where his fear needed to be. And so then Samuel rejects Saul's request of coming back to him and staying with him because Saul's heart was not right. It was not a sorry that I committed sin. It was a sorry that I got caught. Because he had opportunity to come forward and to say, I've done wrong. You know what? We, we took the king. We should have killed him. We took the animals. We should have killed them. I'm sorry to God. But instead, he was trying to justify it himself and, and trying to keep it and to say that I followed through uh, on the Lord's mission. His heart was not right. And so he didn't choose to repent. He chose to blame the people. He also tried to justify his action by religious works. Like, but it's okay because they're going to be sacrificed to you, God. It doesn't matter. That's not what God's looking for. He's not looking for the sacrifice. He's looking for the heart of man to be obedient. And Samuel says that. He says, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. God knows our hearts, you guys. And, and think about it. He knows every thought that you have, every intent of your heart. God knows what's going on within your heart. And so you can fool man all day long. But if the intent of the heart is wicked, God knows that. And, and just because you do great sacrifices in the eyes of man, it means nothing. It's going to be burned up if it's not for the Lord. And, and so we must remember our hearts need to be pure and open to God and doing things for his name not for our name's sake, not just because of what people think and if we fear people, what they think, and so we're going to do this, uh, this service project over here because that's what they want to do. It's not right. Even if it looks religious and right on the outside, if the heart is wrong, it is wrong. Because what God desires is obedience. He desires obedience. <laughs> And God does not desire the sacrifices. David wrote this. He says, For you do not desire sacrifice, or as I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. David's crying out to God. He understood that God didn't desire sacrifice, or as he would have given it. He desires a broken heart, you know, one that is just open to him. But the fact of the matter is, is that we're all like Saul. We're disobedient. You know, at some point in our life, we've fallen into disobedience. And, and we think that our religious sacrifice, our acts and our good gestures, is what God wants. If that's what we think, then we are mistaken of what God wants from us. 
He doesn't want your religious good gestures. He wants your heart. He wants us to be broken over our disobedience. And how many times, how many times are we actually truly broken over our sin? Are you really truly broken over sin? Or do you just say, oh, well, it's not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. <laughs> it is a big deal. You know, we need to be broken just as David was broken about his iniquity. You know, he wants us to lean upon him and obey him. You know, and, and when we start uh, our relationship with Jesus, we confess him as our Lord. We believe that he died on the cross for our sins. We believe that he was raised from the dead. But if you truly believe this, then you are broken when you disobey You're broken because you understand that your disobedience is what sent Jesus Christ to the cross. Your disobedience, my disobedience is what sent Christ to the cross. That should break you. It should break you because it it should just humble you and say, man, God, I need you. I need your forgiveness. Instead of growing this callous heart and saying it's no big deal to sin, it is a big deal to sin. We must repent. We must come clean to the Lord. And oftentimes it's a daily thing. I know it is for me because I fall short daily, you guys. And I need just to, just continuing for Christ to cleanse me and to clean me out because I'm so filled with iniquity because I'm human. But by God's grace, he does cleanse us, you know, and by his forgiveness. And I thank God for that. And so instead of blaming others and justifying your disobedience with religious acts, own up to your sin. Own up to it. Say, I did this. Please forgive me. You know? Because if you confess your sin before the Master, by doing so, Jesus Christ will forgive you. He will forgive you. There's good news in that. If you own up to your sin and you confess it, you don't have to hide it. You don't have to pretend it didn't happen. Just say, I did it, and confess it. And say, Jesus, please lead me away from this. And I believe truly in my heart that God will take you away from it. He will take you and lead you away from that because he cares for you and he wants to purify you. Just let him purify you. Cleanse your heart before the Lord. Let him just take those iniquities because he died for them on the cross. They're his. Just give them to him. An unrepented heart will be rejected by the Lord. An unrepented heart will be rejected by the Lord, but a repented heart will be received by the Lord. Both hearts fall short, but one heart is forgiven. And that forgiveness comes through Jesus Christ. Be obedient. Do not compromise the words of God. And do not fear man, fear God. That's where Saul blew it, right? 1 Peter 1.13 says this, Therefore, gird up your the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Guys, God just He desires us to be obedient. And here's the thing. We don't have to fool God. We don't have to say that we're good and perfect and righteous. He already knows that you're not. He just wants you to come to him so he can cleanse you. But it's a choice that you and I have. You know, are we going to hold on to iniquity? Are we going to be obedient? 
or are we going to be rebellious and continue in our ways? Again, an unrepented heart will be rejected by the Lord, but a repented heart will be received by the Lord, all because of the forgiveness that comes through Christ. And, you know, (laughs) we see as we conclude the verse tonight in the chapter in verse 31 through 35 that God is going to finish his plan regardless what man's going to do. It says this in uh, verse 31. So Samuel turned back after Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then Samuel said, Bring Agog, king of the Amalekites, here to me. (laughs) This is insane. (laughs) So Agog came to him cautiously, and Agog said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. But Samuel said, As your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hacked Agog in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house in Gibeah of of Saul. And Samuel went no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord regretted that he made Saul king over Israel. Intense, you guys. Intense, because God's will be done. (laughs) Samuel finishes the job. God said, I want everybody destroyed of the Amalekites. And Saul didn't do it. Therefore, the Sam Slicer 2000 came in and finished the job. He, <laughs> he sliced him up, man. Sliced and diced, and he was dead. He carried out God's plan. He was obedient to the Lord. And so if you disobey, note this. God will use somebody else. God will use somebody else because God's will will be done. Uh, A great example of this is in the parable of the talents. The one who was disobedient with his talent, he hid it right. But when the master came, he took the talent and he gave it to somebody else who was obedient. Here's the deal. If God has called you to do a mission, be obedient because, again, the blessings that come with it. Don't miss out on the blessings of obedience because there is the blessings there. In conclusion of it all, Jesus is the Lord, right? He is our master, and the fact of the matter is is obedience is required. Obedience is required. And if you have disobeyed, then I would strongly suggest that you confess it, that disobedience tonight. You know, confess it tonight. Receive his forgiveness because his forgiveness is for you. And there is a blessing in obedience, and, and the biggest blessing is hearing these words. Well done, good and faithful servant. That is the blessing upon blessings upon blessings to stand before our Lord Jesus Christ and for him to say to you face to face, well done. Well done. You know, just with the smile, the compassion, the love behind it. It's not just a pat on the back, I don't believe. It's not going to be a, well well done, bam. No, well done, good and faithful servants. You know, well done. You know, we sing that song. How we can't wait to hear those words, you know. And so tonight, the heart of the evening, for me, communicating to you is that if you're following Jesus Christ, then understand that he is requiring obedience from you. And if you're obeying him, then continue to obey him because it is worth it all in the end. Even when you don't see it, up front, the blessings of just hearing the words of God say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Grace to the Hearers with Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. 
Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of 1 Samuel. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of today's program, we'd like to make available to you a free copy of today's message. We can send you a copy of today's message on audio CD when you email us at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Or you can listen to or download the message as originally recorded at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Just visit our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. Again, we invite you to visit our website at gracetothehearers.com, where we provide helpful information about our beliefs, service times, and a convenient map to our church if you're in the Coolidge, Arizona area and would like to visit us. The Bible teaching that you hear each day on Grace to the Hearers is from the worship services at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. So, if you've been blessed by today's message, join us for worship. Grace to the Hearers is the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Please join us next time as we continue our study through the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers. Grace to the Hearers